everyone. I'm Dr. Laura, and I'm honored that you're here for the first episode of 2023 on Where Work Meets Life, the podcast that I started three years ago. And I'm very excited to bring topics around how to create thriving workplaces and thriving human beings who are fulfilled in their careers, as well as advocating for a better world. I'm an industrial organizational and career psychologist, and I bring my expertise to help make human lives and organizational life or life at work better for people. I bring my expertise through podcasting, but also through keynote speaking, through strategic career coaching, and through writing articles and books. So that's a little bit about who I am. Um, I'm going to talk today about four main areas of tips that I've thought about as I've looked at this whole pandemic that we've been through, at the trends that the last year brought uh, with it, and what we're forecasting into 2023. There's a few key areas that I think are mission critical for companies and organizations to really be on top of. Uh, it's a strange time in the world. I think that as a psychologist in my 22 plus years of practicing, I've never seen a time where there's such high levels of stress and polarization and uncertainty in the world around us. And I think human beings are, a lot of us are feeling, you know, burnt out and worn down from so much uncertainty, as well as the pandemic, which was a, a strange and prolonged and difficult and, and sometimes tragic experience for many of us. And so the first area that I want to talk about is around flexibility. And you, if you follow me, you'll hear me talk about flexibility a lot and hybrid and remote work. So many, many moons ago, I decided that I wanted to specialize in something that was cutting edge at the time when I was doing my doctoral research. So I decided to take on the topic of how you lead and motivate uh, people when you're working apart from one another, which is known as remote teams or distributed work, virtual work, telework. And I got into all of these topics from a human perspective. And I really learned through researching and working with leaders and writing and collecting data that there were key elements that made this whole notion of working apart from one another work well or totally flop. And I was so passionate about this topic at a time when it wasn't a cool topic. It was a topic of pioneers. It was a topic that we, meaning my business partner, my colleagues, we were talking about and evangelizing and trying to get off its feet and saying, Human beings can work away from a standard office. And in fact, a standard office that involves a lengthy, soul-sucking commute and involves sitting at a desk all day, you know, on a computer most of the time. It involves working oftentimes in unnatural circumstances with, you know, fluorescent lighting in, in office buildings, etc. And we're talking about, you know, years and years ago. Some of those things have been changing. Some haven't, but I would say the whole notion of going to work and the experience of work, really, it was about the human connection. It, it was about coming together, seeing your colleagues, collaborating, being able to brainstorm, problem solve, meet for lunch, grab a coffee, and develop those relationships. And that's what people missed most when they were 
bumped and pushed into remote work to a widespread level. So for 15 years before COVID hit, I had been speaking about the topic, writing about the topic, working with organizations and really learning that a few things were really important here. One is leaders and managers need to know how to manage from a distance. It's not a, a necessarily a, an easy, all of a sudden transition that you can jump into and it's, it's something that requires no development. It does require development and it is harder than managing when people are all together. Um, but when it works well, the data say people are more productive when they have the ability to blend work and home office and home and work from different locations. But we know that a one size doesn't fit all. Certain personality types work well remotely. Others work better in a structured office, but most personality types, the majority, work well with a blended or hybrid solution where you can work three days in the office, two days remote, or two days office, three days remote, or maybe every couple of weeks you do three days and then you alternate two days. It's a blend based on your life and your work. So I myself, for almost my whole career we're talking about here, I would say definitely 22 plus years. I've been doing a hybrid myself where I have a home office set up, but I always have an office to go to as well. Being in psychology, we need a place where we meet with clients and we meet with our teammates. And so having a hybrid has worked really well. I get that time together, that time face-to-face -face with my clients and colleagues. But then I have a couple of days two to three days where I can focus um, on my home office and working and focus tasks, but as well as meetings uh, like this, lots of meetings and connecting uh, through Teams and Zoom, and it's, it's the best of both worlds. So here we are in this post-pandemic era, and I'm really trying to get the point across widely that organizations should be very cautious about pulling everybody back to work. And I hate that saying because it's not back to work, it's back to the office. But why, oh why, do we have to have people spending hours of their lives on gridlock roads, battling traffic, paying for parking, spreading germs on a daily basis with each other during cold and flu season? I mean, I think a lot of people have been quite sick this year and it's, it's beyond COVID. It's all kinds of different infections spreading and viruses. And I think, do we really need to come into work when we're not feeling well? No. And if you have a truly flexible workplace where you trust your people to have good, solid judgment and to get work done, you know, in the way that's most effective and to make decisions as an adult, why do you need to make them feel forced to come into an office every single day? We got to double down on flexibility. This is something that if you decide that people need to be together to be collaborative, productive, creative, innovative, and they need to be together full time all the time, I think that you are going to lose good people. Flexibility is a gift. And when you take away the gift that people have tasted and experienced, it's like pulling something back from them. And it is saying that I don't trust you. Uh, I need to see you every day to be in, in the office to know you are working. And to me, that seems more like childcare or daycare than it does an adult workplace. So to reiterate, my first point is flexibility, very, very important, important to give people a choice and it's not a one-size-fits-all. My second top 
tip for organizations to truly evolve into 2023 is that we need leaders who care, basically. Care seems like a simple word, right? Well, of course I care, but care is not just paying lip service to it or having the intention to care or having it on your values posted on walls or online that says, we're an organization that cares about our people. Because I can assure you as someone who has done career counseling for the last 25 years of my career, someone who has seen hundreds of and heard hundreds of situations of people who don't feel cared about by their boss, their supervisor, or their workplace and organization in general, that's one of the top reasons why they leave. And being cared about is being given attention, appreciation, recognition, kindness, compassion, all of those things that human beings crave. So something to remember is that people crave the A's. And I, I find that the A's are easy to remember. They crave they crave attention. So what I'm doing is being noticed and seen and what I do matters. So that's attention. People also crave appreciation. So being appreciated for a job well done. And that praise and that thank you goes a long way. And it's also one of the top things that in my career in org psychology that I've seen not done well. And I've experienced it myself over the years where I've been so proud of something, some client uh, project that that I brought in or was really successful or, and I just, you know, it wasn't recognized. It wasn't appreciated. And I didn't really want widespread accolade, but I just wanted to thank you or to be noticed for making a difference. And when that happens, it's it's the little thank yous and appreciation that goes a long way uh, for human beings. And then the other is acceptance. And in this day and age of, you know, equity, diversity, inclusion, and belonging, all very important. And I've brought on experts on those topics. And I've been learning along the way as well about what is equity, diversity, um, inclusion, and belonging? And what do those terms really truly mean in practice? And I've, I've brought on experts and authors on these topics um, from diverse backgrounds and experiences and bringing knowledge uh, globally on this topic. And, and I think that acceptance um, of people as human beings is more critical and important than ever before. And again, we can pay lip service to it, but it's the actions and the behaviors and the decisions that leaders make around ensuring people are truly accepted uh, that matter. So leaders who care are leaders that also have conversations and are curious about their people and ask their people what they want in their career. And what would make you want to stay here in three to five years from now? I call that a stay conversation. Uh, having these conversations is something that not a lot of leaders make the time for. And perhaps it's because it requires a set of listening skills and you might not wanna hear the answers to the questions that you ask. What if the person does want to leave or what if they want to move up the ladder and there's not a role available to do so? If I have the conversation and I open the door, 
I'm going to risk losing that human being. And I need that person because they're good at their job. But by not asking the questions and not having the conversations, what you're going to risk is that the person is not going to feel that there's, you know, opportunity or that their career is supported by you. And they're going to make their own decision anyway. But if you have that open conversation, at least you have a chance at seeing what can be done. I mean, maybe there can be opportunities, stretch assignments, different uh, projects and things that can continue to grow and expand the person's uh, development in the organization. And you may buy time, but you what you will buy is loyalty. And even if they don't stay, you can have people who are loyal to you, who go off into other organizations but they tell their friend who's looking for a job, you should apply there because that supervisor is awesome to work for. Or that organization is a great place to grow your career. So they've left, you've lost that talent, but they're out there advocating for your workplace and your organization and you as a leader. So stay conversations which require listening and curiosity are very important to show that you're a leader who cares. My third top tip for how to evolve organizations in 2023 is that organizations, which are made up of, of human beings and the people who lead organizations need to lead with humility, not with ego. And over the course of 2022, I really got into the topic of ego, ego in the workplace. And I was first really, really inspired by my colleague, my mentor, my friend, Cy Wakeman, who wrote the book, No Ego. So she came on my podcast. I was just so honored that she was willing to come onto my podcast because she is a major best-selling author and speaker and thought leader around drama in the workplace and how to cut the cost of drama. And she came on and she did two episodes on no ego in work and life. And ever since those episodes, I've really been thinking and observing. And when I see the crap that goes on in organizations, the toxic workplace cultures, the the leaders that cause psychological harm and affect people's well-being and the people that end up coming to psychologists like my team to deal with the stress, the anxiety, the, the sickness. I mean, it affects your body, your mind, your spirit when you're working for a boss who is toxic or an organizational culture that just is soul-sucking. And what is going on in those cultures tends to be, well, a number of things I know as an organizational psychologist, but one of the top things is people are leading with ego. So people leading with ego are people that are hungry, very hungry for power, control, and greed. Those are, I mean, those are three top things. And it, it's okay to be motivated by money, right? So some people, one of their motivations is money, and they want to earn good money, and they, they want to you know, have great things and the options to do things in their life. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the pursuit of greed is it's never enough. And it's the pursuit of greed at the expense of other people around you. And that's what I mean by leading with ego, the need for power, control and greed. And it's a it's a real slippery slope uh, because this style of leadership is not what people gravitate towards longer term. So you might get people in for the short term for the golden carrot 
Okay, so for the next big payout. But will you get really loyal people who would go to the ends of the earth for you and uh, create a collaborative community feeling culture uh, where people can be at their best and thrive and be creative and innovate when it's all about ego? I don't think so. I mean, you, you might be able to prove me wrong in certain circumstances and cases, but I would say by and large, I think ego in the workplace is a huge, huge concern. And I think that leading with humility means that leaders need to be learning constantly. You're never done developing as a leader, ever. There's always things you can be learning and, and growing about and asking for feedback. And I think asking for, how could I do better by you? What's one thing I can change this year in 2023 to become a better boss? What's one thing that's bugging you that I could do less of? And what's one thing that if I did a bit more of that that would help you out or that would make your job easier? And then the four words are, how can I help you? And those words, how can I help you? Those words go a long way and they're so simple. It's kind of along the lines of, I appreciate you. Thank you for your hard work, but how can I help you? Is there anything that you need that I can help with? So the job of a leader is to be humble and to, you know, admit when we're wrong, you know, and when we've had a bad day, you know, I admit I was a bit short fused yesterday. I'm under a lot of stress, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry about the way I came across, or I'm sorry that I left that request for last minute because I know that stressed you out. And I think the leaders who lead with humility versus ego are the leaders where people are one going to stay working for. Anyways, that is my third tip, humility is important and it's the opposite of ego. And my fourth and final tip uh, to create a, an evolving workplace in 2023 is wellness and well-being needs to be a focus for everybody. And wellness and well-being is one of those areas that, you know, I've seen leaders and managers say that's important. Work-life balance is important. Wellness is important. And we have a wellness strategy and we bring in yoga class and we encourage breaks, etc. Oh, and we'll bring in a guest speaker like Dr. Laura to talk about stress management and resiliency, which I'm happy to do, by the way. But it's actually a daily and weekly focus where wellness and resiliency is not just a topic of the day. It needs to be a set of habits and practices that are modeled by the leader. So as a leader, are you a leader who is modeling being healthy yourself? Are you someone who is taking the time for fresh air, for exercise, or are you a workaholic? Are you addicted to work? And that's what you're showing your people. And in turn, your people will want to be more responsive and perform for you and mimic those behaviors sometimes if you're the one who is working all hours and not taking care of yourself. And what I've learned through the pandemic, most of all, is that human beings are not just physical entities. We're not just cognitive. We're not just our brain, right? We're not our brain. We're not just our body. We're actually also our emotions. So our emotional um, well-being is super duper important. 
And then on top of that, our spiritual well-being, you know, and spirituality, I think, has got really entangled with organized religion. And having grown up Catholic myself, that's something that I love to to talk about the difference between spirituality and organized religion. And both are, are, are quite different, actually. And I think that if we look at ourselves as human beings that have multiple parts or prongs to who we are, and well-being needs a focus on the whole human being, not just on one part or aspect of the human being. So I think this conversation is one that I'm excited to have going into 2023 um, and to talk about the importance of well-being, resilience um, on all different levels as human beings. And we happen to be human beings who also come to work in organizations, but organizations who are human-centric and take care of their, their people's well-being are places where you're going to have amazing talent who want to stay and thrive. So in sum, I've talked about multiple tips today uh, for evolving your workplace in 2023, including flexibility, caring, humility, as well as wellness and well-being. And the podcast episodes that I have throughout 2023 will cover these topics, both at the individual level, so human beings thriving in work and life from a physical, mental, emotional, spiritual lens, as well as creating thriving organizations and cultures where people want to stay and what we need to do in order to create those cultures. And being an organizational psychologist, boy, oh boy, I have a lot to share there and talk about in that domain. Career fulfillment is another domain where we're going to discuss topics around how can you be fulfilled and find meaning and purpose in your career. And finally, how can we make a better world? How can we advocate for a better world? The world is difficult. There's lots of troubles going on, lots of pain, suffering, fear. Uh, and I think if we can advocate and dedicate to different causes and topics of conversation about how different people are exemplifying making a difference to make the world a better place, then we've definitely done our job um, of bringing important topics to the forefront. So me, um, as someone who advocates and um, loves to support charitable causes and focuses. I'm just really excited about that area. So in sum, I hope that you join me for many episodes uh, in 2023. And please connect with me. And I wish you all the best in mind, body and spirit. Stay well. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Where Work Meets Life. If you enjoyed this content, please rate and review the podcast as that helps me get it out to more people. Visit my website at drlaura.live and sign up for my monthly e-newsletter full of tips and resources. Please engage with us on social media and check out the podcast summary for links to my psychology practices, Canada Career Counseling, Calgary Career Counseling, and Synthesis Psychology. Stay well.